What's up, everybody? Um, Monday morning in Flagstaff. Um, just waking up out of bed, getting myself organized. Uh, we're going to run a bit later today. Um, I don't know if most of you know, but I'm essentially a full-time athlete. Um, I, for almost two years, the last probably two years, um, I did some online coaching. I Oh, great. It's snowing again in Flagstaff. Isn't that wonderful? Anyway, for the last two years, I was um, doing little bits of web design work, web development work, um, online coaching, anything I could really to generate little bits of money, um, I guess just to keep me going. Um, it's just what you've got to do. Got to do what you got to do to... Um, so that you can go and train in nice places and train with good groups. And anyway, today's podcast, I want to kind of go through. I sent out a newsletter yesterday, um, and I just want to talk a little bit more about that 24 hours before and the 24 hours after. Um, last week was pretty tough, um, but I sometimes think having a bit of a... I, one thing I said to my girlfriend, Rachel, was... I think sometimes a little quad niggle or little concern sometimes can be a blessing in disguise this close to a marathon, three weeks. Um, so if you're three weeks out from a marathon in future and don't have a niggle, well, <laughs> maybe just listen to this advice anyway. Um, so essentially, because I have the quad, well, did have the little quad, it feels really good now. I think we took care of that last week. Um, but... I had this little quad issue and I truly believe that what then happens is you decide to take training a little bit easier um, and you decide to relax a little bit in certain sessions. You might even decide to skip a session. And one of the things I've picked up, one of my good friends um, from England, uh, he's a veteran now, a guy called Stephen Watma, and he basically told me that of all, he's ran, I think, maybe like 15 marathons. And it was recently when he said to me that he ran a personal best. And what was interesting about it was that he had had a calf injury um, a little bit, maybe like three, four weeks out. I can't remember the specifics, but I remember picking up from that that there's probably something to that. Like nobody wants to be injured. But I think what happens in those last three to four weeks before a big marathon is you start to get a little bit, start to get a little bit insecure, start to train a little bit differently, start to try to prove your fitness for a bit of confidence. And like we all do it, it's such a natural thing to do. Um, it's such a natural process. Like you want to know if you're fit, you want to know if you're going to be able to hit your goal time, etc., etc. And so I kind of looked at this little bit of a quad thing as a, absolute pain in the ass because I don't want to be hurt Um, I didn't want to have to miss a session last week I didn't want to have to move the week around a bit but at the same time there's maybe it's like a silver lining you know like maybe it helped me hold back a bit I had a few easier days and um, maybe the rest of my body appreciated that and that's sort of where I'm going with that like maybe maybe it was a bit of a blessing in disguise Um, so don't don't worry too much if you pick up an injury or a niggle like um just manage it put a put a strategy in place to get rid of it i i don't think things just get rid of themselves it's it's okay to put some kind of strategy in place to get rid of that um 
and oh my girlfriend has brought me coffee what a darling um but no i i think that's important um so in terms of the prep for the long run um i i listed everything that kind of goes on and i guess for me it's just natural to put all those things in place but um i don't know if others do similar some of that's based on meeting up with a nutritionist sharon um and like the fuel aspect like she as we went through my training she'd say look Stephen, like between between friday and sunday morning um if you've done a session friday morning for example a double run friday night um maybe a 70 minute run saturday morning and then you're going to do 25 miles on um sunday morning or even 20 even two hours even three hours whatever you're going to do um <clears throat> her suggestion was that look you're you're going to burn probably in excess of 5,000 calories over a 24-hour period um amongst that with friday to sunday window um and i'm just the words lazy i'm very lazy when it comes to food prep and um so what I've sort of found helps me is just the smoothies. Um, there's tons of recipes online. I'm not a, I'm not going to start recommending recipes. Although I do put Reese's cereal, like peanut butter cereal, in mine just because it's really nice. Um, so I would recommend that. Um, but yeah, no. So one of the one of the key things was food, fuel. Um, some sometimes the reason you don't sometimes the reason you don't feel good on an evening run or sometimes the reason you don't feel good towards the end of your sunday run is probably just malnourishment um and that's rachel come look at this snow i know that's really bad i was like i didn't put a reload <laughs> yeah anyway um yeah probably malnourishment um hinders you a little bit um, you start to run into fatigue or you, you basically your glycogen stores just run on empty and I've I've dabbled with both like I've done um completely depleted runs completely depleted sessions and I seem to be okay at handling that and dealing with that and so because I if, I think if you do a depleted run and you struggle maybe that tells you that that's something that you need to work on but I had no issue um, waking up on a Sunday morning, having a cup of coffee, going and running 23, 24 miles, and then maybe even following that up with a 35 minute run that night. And I, like, I had no issue doing that, but does my body recover better when I fuel and when I fuel during the run and when I have a breakfast? Absolutely. Um, and so, my sit down with Sharon Madigan was very much about building consistent weeks of training, not so much um, big individual days. And let me tell you that I've just had the, the best 13 weeks training I've ever had. Um, not necessarily in terms of specific sessions, but if you look on Strava, there has been some really amazing specific sessions, but more so in terms of... Um, it's 13 weeks where I've averaged above 90 miles. Um, and, and all the stuff I'm telling you guys that went into my, say, 24 hours before this long run um, is the reason for that. The work I've done with Sports Institute Northern Ireland, the work with the physios, the work with the S&C coaches, um, we, the whole goal was just to improve that consistency. One of the patterns we noticed in all my marathons was 
there was six weeks at 90 miles, 100 miles, and then there was always two at maybe 50. And it was it was happening all the time. Um, sometimes it was travel, sometimes it was little injuries, sometimes it was sickness. Um, but that kind of kept happening. And I think that's what hinders the momentum. I think you go from being on a really nice rhythm and really enjoying what you're doing to all of a sudden you take two weeks off and you just, I'm sure you know the feeling, you find it really tough to get going again. Well, I, I find the exact same thing. Um, so I'd rather keep my mileage at maybe like 90, 95, uh, a mileage that I know almost a hundred percent surety that I won't get hurt if I keep doing my little things, my little activation stuff, my little prehab stuff, my gym stuff, um, relax in sessions, don't overdo them. I know I'm gonna stay healthy. Um, so, okay, I fueled a bit more. That was a bit off topic, apologies for that. Um, I fueled a bit more. Um, I stretched my hamstrings. Um, the physio, when I did some physio work back in summer, um, the physio just didn't necessarily tell me that my hamstrings were poor flexibility. But one of the things he noticed over a couple of week period was that the basically the um, the flexibility would change. So as I'm in higher mileage and if I was pushing a bit faster, we would notice that my flexibility wouldn't be as good for pretty obvious reasons. Um, if I'm <coughs> if I'm running high mileage, you're putting the muscles under stress and they're shortening. Um, so one of the things we work on isn't improving my flexibility. We just work on throughout the weeks of training keeping my hamstring flexibility where it needs to be. And if anyone's interested, maybe I'll do a little video on that. A, a couple of people have got in touch and I've tried to explain um, groin squeezes, hamstring like stretching, um, glute bridges, you know, like some of it seems pretty straightforward, but some of the things are like um, abductor, um, just ab curls, but including a groin squeeze within that. Um, so maybe I should do a little video just to explain that. But um, that's another thing that I did in the 24 hours before with some of the activation stuff, some of the glute bridges, some of the groin squeezes, and and just see it as you're 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 asking a lot of your body um, to go and do a long run. Um, it's it's not just autopilot, you know. Like if you're if you're prepping for a long journey in the car, you're gonna go refuel the car. You might like check the oil. You might dip the oil. You might, you know, that you might check the water tank. Like there's just things you'll do. You you won't just expect the car to handle that. Um, and so I think it's the exact same for running. Um, I think you gotta sometimes help your body. Um, and don't worry if you don't feel amazing in the first run, the first time you do this. That's not the that's not the point. Even though I think you will. Um, and I do. But the point is that you want to, I, every time I go into a new training block, I think, okay, how can this training block be better than the previous one? And I think a lot of people strive for faster, strive for more. Whereas this time around, I just went for, I, I want my two lowest weeks within that 14 weeks before a marathon. I want my two lowest weeks to be better than my two lowest weeks before London, you know? And so my two lowest weeks for London were something like 48 and 52, whereas this time around, it's like 75 and 82, you know? And so all the little, like, things that I've added, I think are, are starting to pay off. 
Um, and ultimately, I think that comes down to decision making and willing to put the time and effort in. Decision making is a really big one. Um, my decision making has improved a lot. Um, and I maybe take a lot of, um, I think I took a bit of a beating because of that, like my decision not to do Dublin Marathon and my decision not to do European cross country. And um, you need to have a big goal. And actually, Dublin Marathon was a really big goal for me. Um, but we had introduced new stuff in the gym um, new stuff in the gym that was going to pay off in maybe three months, six months, a year's time. And I was trying to introduce new stuff in the gym while also trying to train as hard as I could to maybe challenge the top three in Dublin Marathon. And, and I just got hurt. Um, I hurt my knee. Um, and, and that was really upsetting. Um, I ended up like taking a bit of abuse for that, but, but actually it was more upsetting for me because I heavily relied on the prize money from Dublin marathon, you know? So like, I remember that being pretty frustrating. Um, but that's the key with balance. Like don't, again, off topic, but don't, don't go adding in, um, a lot of new things and don't expect, uh, the body just to absorb it all and be durable to it all like be patient with these additions um there's things you can add in like activation stuff and you can add in all this new stuff but just be careful that you're not overloading either because then little injuries come up little niggles come up and that's not what you want to happen um so stretching fueling some activation stuff um these are all really basics to next lot of things like charging up your um gps like i i charged up some wireless headphones to use with the apple watch because that has itunes i'm sure some people have the new garmin with music that kind of thing um prepping drinks um my coach stephen has made fun of me on the morning of the long run because i it looked like i was bringing a suitcase but essentially i brought um layers i brought thick gloves i'm spoiled rotten by under armor i have thick gloves i have thinner gloves i have warm hats i have cooler hats i i just had spare socks i had um tights to wear in the first six miles of the long run and then i had shorts to change into i had a spare t-shirt to change into in the quicker stuff um i had a spare t-shirt to put on after the run i had compression tights to put on after the run and anyway like this is, this is things everybody can do but again, for me, it's it's not it's so that I don't get sick or it's so that I'm not in damp clothes. It's so that I'm comfortable when I'm doing the session. And, and I think that's just preparation. And I'm I'm mad for preparation, mad for planning, mad for reviewing. How did that go? Um, for example, the day we did a run in Winona and it was really cold and the wind chill on the way back was super cold. Well, the next time I went back to Winona, I bought the brought the Under Armour balaclava, you know, and that's just being prepared. Um, so that was that's basically up till the morning. And then I did the long run and I'm going to do a separate podcast on probably training and executing training. And but the long run was solid, really, really solid. And um, it puts me in a really good place. I have the utmost confidence that I'm ready to run like a lot faster than London Um everything in training is telling me that mentally I'm in a good place so that's good Um but then after the long run I finish my breakfast smoothie and um, just so I'm getting food in pretty quickly 
then within an hour's drive back up the mountain um, because the long run we did it at three and a half thousand feet so we got to drive back up um, but I go to a cafe I have a pretty big lunch with all my with all the crew with all my friends here in Flagstaff like um, isn't it amazing that I'm probably sitting at lunch and I'm the um, Hassan, Bucci, Chez um, yeah I'm probably the fourth fastest athlete sitting at breakfast maybe Hassan Mead um Edward Cesarek Andy Butchart yeah probably the fourth fastest athlete that tells you how good um the crew is here in Flagstaff and there's others there's always others um but anyway get a good meal in um and then I put the compression um, Normatex on. Oh, sorry, no, I had an Epsom bath. Um, I don't really do any stretching. or I did a little bit of self-massage. Um, but I, I think when your body's a bit beat up and a bit broken down, it's best just to leave it. Um, let it do its thing. Let it recover. If you know you had a little problem area, then I think a bit of self-massage can just start to push that in the direction of recovering well. Um, but not aggressive, just really soft. Um, but I don't worry about stretching and cause I just think my body that day just needs its time just to, um, later on that day, I put Normatec boots on, um, I picked up Normatec boots for $900 on eBay. Um, like I think they cost about 2000, but I find a way to get them a bit cheaper and like, I'm absolutely delighted I did. I use them essentially every day and it's part of my recovery strategy, but, um, and then I just make sure I'm eating well through the day and like I tried to have a bit of a sleep but sometimes I'm not that tired um like I am tired but I'm probably a bit jittery because it's quite a big thing to do that morning and um, but I don't force it I just lay around watch American football different things so um yeah but I, ho hopefully there's something in that that you can implement into what you're doing and um if you again if you need um any tips or advice or just want to chat about things just you can email me um lionskull at outlook.com or i'm sure it's on the website or yeah but look thanks for listening take care everybody